Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Here for the Crack with me, Emma Neil. I hope you're all keeping well. I'm really sorry if you can hear a lawnmower in the back of this. I mean, fingers crossed that you can't, but it's so typical that the second I sit down to record this, my neighbour starts cutting their grass. But I can't put this off for any longer because it is Sunday, right? And I was meant to do this on Friday and then I didn't do it. So then I was meant to do it on Saturday. It's not Sunday and I have to do it. I can't let the lawnmower put me off. But yeah, basically the reason I didn't do it for the last two days. <laughs> so basically this episode is going to be another girly chat episode, okay? I got you guys to send me in your questions, your dilemmas, you know, if you needed advice on anything. Basically just treat me like your big sister that you've never had and that you're too scared to ask anyone else essentially. But the last two days <laughs> I've been in my men-hating mood and it, honestly it's a weekly occurrence at this point you know, everyone just has those days. And do you know what? The book I just finished as well, it was all about like gender norms and the patriarchy. And now I'm just like, fuck them all, honestly. (laughs) So I'm going to take a step back from reading any more feminist literature for a little while, just because I don't want it to send me over the edge. Yeah, I just, I didn't think I would be in the right headspace to be giving advice that wasn't there wasn't essentially every answer just being fucking. <laughs> so I've had my two days to relax a bit. I will say though, a very good book. It's called Girls Will Be Girls by Emer O'Toole, an Irish author. She's from, is she from Galway? Yeah, she's from Galway. It's all a boy. It's kind of like, not an autobiography, but it's written in kind of like little stories of her life and then examining them in how that feeds into like gender norms and sexuality and I don't really know how to describe it but it is a very good read I would highly recommend it just you might be a little bit unbearable to the men in your life for a day or two after (laughs) I don't know not everyone's like me to be fair I think I'm very very sensitive like I don't know I think meeting me you wouldn't think I'm that sensitive but when it actually comes down to it I really I really feel things that I feel like other people don't like when I first started getting into when I first started being vegan I was a mess I couldn't believe that the rest of the world (laughs) wasn't vegan basically once I was discovering all these things I was watching all the documentaries and I was like oh my god how is everyone ignoring this and I really really took it to heart like there was times I literally cried in bed at night because I was like all the animal suffering going on and I can't do anything about it. I think that's just an example of how sensitive I can get to these things. I had to chill out on the on the animal cruelty documentaries and now I'm a lot more of a relaxed vegan. But I can say I will I because of that I just know I will never not be vegan. Like there's so many people now who come that were vegan for ages and were like openly vegan on their social media and like pushed it. Not pushed it, but you know what I mean? They it was part of their presence on their online platforms basically and now lots of people are being like oh I'm not strictly vegan I'm more plant-based and like I eat intuitively and all this which is so fine I don't care you can do whatever you want but I just know that could never be me but yeah that's a whole other thing anyway I'm just a very sensitive person (laughs) and these things really they really get to me and when you read too much about you know any world issues essentially so that obviously this time around was sexism and yeah well yeah we'll just say sexism or it could be veganism it could be 
racism anything like if I get too into it I can get so emotional and so like passionate about it like this is how I don't understand see people who devote their platforms to being like an activist for something like people that are people that devote their platforms to being a racism activist I don't know how their mental health is okay because imagine giving all of yourself to that cause every single day waking up and facing all the backlash from it educating yourself more and more about it you know spreading awareness of all different like bad things happening against people in the world all different statistics all these things and I actually just think it would destroy you as a person so hats off to anyone who does that because honestly I have major major respect for them it could not be easy it must honestly tear away at you it's also like you can't you also have to educate yourself on these things do you know what I mean if you just turn a blind eye to it it's not going to do anything yeah it's probably easier to do to just play dumb and act oblivious to anything bad happening in the world like I'm sure people that are global warming deniers are pretty content in their lives (laughs) because they just deny that anything's going on but I don't know I think there's a level of responsibility you have as a human to actually learn about these things I mean maybe there's not because there's people that don't but if everyone was to just sit back and act oblivious then we wouldn't get anywhere and actually if anything everything would become worse probably because you're letting all the like power structures exist and get more powerful if that makes sense okay full tangent there I'm sorry (laughs) the moral of the story is that it was a really good book highly recommend it's called Girls Will Be Girls by Amor O'Toole but I'm gonna take a little break from non-fiction in general now and go back to my nice novels and then we'll start on something else more serious I do want to do a podcast about like the topics that were covered in that book So that's probably going to be coming quite soon to be fair but I just need to sit down and I have a ridiculous amount of like pages I've marked and bits I've underlined and I just need to go through it all and suss out the structure of the podcast but I think it'll be a good one so I'm looking forward to that. Anyway so this week's episode as I said is a girly chats episode. I think this is number four of the girly chats. The last time we did one was May so I figured it is about time and you know what some of the questions are actually very good so I'm looking forward to getting into them. Now I'm not sure my advice is one you should take. (laughs) Um, Yeah I mean you should probably just take everything I say with a pinch of salt. And on that note let's get straight into it. Okay I'm gonna keep it all anonymous so no names will be mentioned. Let's start off with the first question. Should you ever wait for a boy? It's been nine months and I'm still waiting. Oh my dear. No, you should never. Right, I want to know what you mean by this though because do you mean it's been nine months of you guys like seeing each other and you're waiting for him to ask for it to be more serious like for you to be boyfriend and girlfriend or do you mean you've been waiting nine months as in for him to even like notice you or that you know what I mean like know that you like him type of thing either way I'm gonna say no (laughs) no you shouldn't especially if you're like 
I mean, I know you're not putting your life on pause, but to a certain extent, you kind of do if you like wait around for someone like that because you just are thinking about them constantly and not yourself. But what I would say to this is that I am just a big believer in that everything will happen if it's meant to happen. So I just think you should go live your life. If he is not interested, then that's his loss. And if for whatever reason in the future something happens and your paths cross again, then amazing, you can revisit it when it comes to that. But for now, I don't think you should be waiting around for anyone. I think you should be enjoying your life while you're young and not letting anyone else get in the way of that. Like, why should he be able to go around and do whatever he wants, but you can't? Also, if he was to say turn around now and you were to go ahead with it, then he knows you've been waiting on him for nine months. The whole power dynamic is going to be so weird. Like, it's going to be fucked up from the start because he knows that you've been waiting around on him and he's going to know he has, like, a one-up on you. It's just, it sounds, it's it's giving toxic. (laughs) I would stay well clear of that and move on with your life. Okay, next question. Why does pubic hair grow so fucking fast? Okay, my perception of hair has changed so much. And no, I'm not gonna... I can't see myself turning into, like, a hairy feminist. I mean, I wish I had it in me, but I just don't have it in me, I don't think, for the... just everything that comes with it. And also, like, it's so ingrained into us that, like, you would actually... I I feel like I would just not actually like it on myself. Anyway, though, it has changed my perception in terms of, like, being so anal about it like does anyone actually give a fuck everyone in the whole planet that has gone through puberty has pubes you're no different and so what though it grows fast like at least I mean maybe you do live in Australia and I shouldn't say this but I was gonna say at least we don't live in Australia and wear bikinis all the time but even if you did who cares and if you wanted to cover it up just wear a pair of shorts or a waist or wrong I don't know it's just so normal it's so natural I don't think you should be ashamed of something that literally everyone has. Like, I get that you would want to get rid of it for when you're wearing a bikini and stuff. I do get it, 100%, and I will continue to get rid of it for that purpose. However, I don't... It's not like the end of the world if you haven't shaved in a while or... I don't know. I just think we put too much pressure on ourselves to be constantly, like, prim and proper and, like, at the end of the day no one actually cares (laughs) and if they do then it says a lot more about them than than you having a little bit of natural hair on your body like they can get the fuck i'm a very hairy person like my legs and my arms well actually just everywhere (laughs) to be honest i'm a very hairy person i get it from my mum my sister has it as well i just i don't know i'm i'm past the whole like I need to be, I need to look like a smooth baby type of thing at all times because I just actually don't think anyone even notices. Like, I think you're actually the only person that notices. Okay, yeah, some people might notice that I have hairy arms sometimes, but does that make them think differently of me as a person? No. Does it make me less attractive? No. I don't know. I just, I'm I'm over it. We don't need to look like little toddlers. (laughs) do you know what I mean I don't know maybe it does sound hypocritical of me to say this if I'm still going to continue to shave and stuff 
but I think it's more that I'm just over being so anal about it and like caring so much about it you know so what if you forget to one week or for three weeks in a row I mean we just need to stop putting so much pressure on ourselves that's what I mean and if there is a night where you know you're maybe wearing a nice dress and bare legs and you want to be shaving for it then go ahead do it but if you forget to I really don't think anyone else is gonna notice trust me and if they do notice what are they gonna do tell on you it's just so stupid like what actually are the repercussions it's all in our heads it's all in our heads from marketing campaigns telling us that we need to look like little smooth babies and we don't (laughs) okay next question advice for feeling confident with a major acne flare-up okay I wish I could sit here and tell you that I'm super confident with an acne flare-up and you should be too but the reality is that I feel like shit when I get a major acne flare-up it can really really get to you and you literally feel like it's all anyone can look at All I can say is put yourself in the other person's shoes that you're talking to. Think about the last time you spoke to someone who had acne. Did you pay attention to it for longer than literally two seconds? Like, yeah, you probably noticed it. You probably acknowledged it in your head and probably thought they have acne in the same way you acknowledged someone having curly hair and you think they have curly hair. Do you know what I mean? You don't necessarily think positively or negatively about it. You just acknowledge it. And then you move on and you don't care. You get yourself so worked up thinking it's all everyone's looking at. It's all they're thinking about. They're probably talking about other people. They don't give a flying fuck. You're the one that actually cares. You're the one picking yourself apart, staring at yourself for too long in the mirror, like analysing it, stressing out about it. And trust me, I know it can be really difficult. It can. Like there was times when I would have bad acne and I would literally just not want to see anyone I just want to lock myself away and I hate to say it like I absolutely hate to admit it but honestly the only thing for me that made me feel okay was putting on a big fat layer of makeup (laughs) which is terrible I wish I could sit here and give you good advice about it but speaking from experience I can honestly say that's the only thing that helped me and I was really trying I was on a journey with my acne of trying to become more confident with it as you know as the time was progressing and I was like I can't just keep hiding away from this and I was getting better at it like I went from having to always have either makeup on or a filter on on my stories to being able to speak a bit more you know without either of those things on it and like showing my acne and it made me feel better that I could actually show it and it also probably made a lot of other people feel better because it's so shit seeing people constantly with filters like no one looks like that all the time so yeah I think as time went on I was kind of getting better at showing my natural skin but then obviously there's days you wake up and you just want to bury your face in the pillow and cry and not show anyone and then there was times I was more willing to show people it was kind of like just constantly back and forth between the two But I think maybe follow more people who are more open about showing their acne. I know there's a lot of people that will nowadays, sorry, on on Instagram and on TikTok and things. 
just try and like push yourself I think as well if, if you're not confident doing it in real life like not wearing makeup it can even be just like stopping using filters when you're sending snapchats to friends little things like that that can just make the world of a difference like I didn't realize how it sounds stupid but like how liberating it would be to not hide away from it when I was talking on my Instagram stories and the feedback I got from it was crazy and that's actually what sparked me to be like do you know what I'm just never using a filter ever again and I never have I don't yeah I'm pretty sure I can confidently say that I never have not never in my life sorry like as in since then and now it actually kind of annoys me when people do no sorry not annoys me that's not the right word because you can't judge people for that but I don't know you see people you know that have a huge influence on people and I just feel like a lot of the time people don't actually think about the repercussions of things they do even if it's that small also there's just some times where there's absolutely no need for it like I'm sorry but you know Ekansu we all know who Ekansu is from Love Island she is the most stunning girl in the entire world And since she's come out of Love Island and she goes in her stories, it's filters all the time. And it's like, babe, we just saw you on TV for the last two months. At times with no makeup, at times with full glam, at times probably angles you didn't like. But yeah, she's still the most gorgeous person. Like, she just, I don't know, someone like that, it's just like, why the fuck are you using filters? Can we stop normalising this? It's normal to not have perfect skin. It's normal to have spots, to have blemishes, to have blackheads. Like, no one's skin actually looks... The only people's skin who actually looks, like, completely photoshopped flawless in real life is the people, like, the Kardashians who can afford all those, like, ridiculous laser treatments and constant facials and things like that. It's so unattainable. It's not what real skin looks like. So let's stop trying to pretend that we all have skin like that because I know we all don't. (laughs) Okay, let's move on to the next question. I'm 19, I want to be with my boyfriend forever, but I'm also very scared that I'm so young and I'll regret not being single and really being alone while I'm young. Okay, I'm going to tell you my thoughts on this and I don't know if it's what you're going to want to hear, but... I think once you get this into your head, right, I think there's plenty of people out there that, well, when I say plenty, not not that many, but there are a good few people you meet, right, and they marry their childhood sweetheart type of thing, or their first relationship, first person they fell in love with, whatever it is. They start dating when they're 16, 17, and they have happy marriages, and that is amazing. However, if you are going to be that person, you need to not have any doubts in your mind about missing out on things. I think if you start to get in your head about that, then it's only going to spiral. You're just going to think about it more and more. You're going to not start to resent them, but like there's going to be situations where you're going to be like, I wish I didn't have a boyfriend. I think you just either really need to be of the opinion, like I'm not missing out on anything because this is the love of my life or you need to call it a day not call it a day but maybe have a break do breaks ever even actually work I don't know you just sit down with yourself and think are these thoughts of you missing out on something stemming from something that's lacking in your relationship and that's why you're thinking maybe this isn't the right thing for me or are they just like 
kind of natural doubts just because you are so young but you can completely like not give them any time or space in your head because you know that this is the right thing for you I think yeah I think you just need to sit down and decide on that because I know for me like when I was in my last relationship I really thought I was stupid because I was missing out (laughs) that sounds so bad but like I think because I was in Australia and stuff I was like why am I not single here but then there's times where you're like happy that you're in the relationship oh I don't know I don't know what to tell you because for me once I got that into my head there was no getting it out of my head I was just convinced then that I needed to be single and that I was missing out on time of being single while I was young and I to be honest I think it's more the person than anything else I yeah because then when I was single like I didn't really care that I was single (laughs) like it wasn't really do you know what I mean it's like semi the excuse in my head was that I needed to be single but then I actually didn't really need to be single because I don't really like being single (laughs) I think it was just like an idea got into my head but it was actually more a reflection of the relationship at the time and that's just like what I wanted to blame it on in a way so maybe that's happening to you but maybe it's not and I don't want to say that and then be a bad influence on you so I don't know okay next question all my friends are in relationships and I really want one have tried dating and apps unpopular opinion but I despise dating apps I just think it is so unlikely that you're okay this probably sounds really pessimistic but what like one in a thousand people actually meet someone that they really get on with I don't know the stats actually maybe that's wrong maybe it's a lot more common than you think I know for me I think anything with apps just automatically feels too forced and anything that's too forced gives me the ick straight away I just it makes me feel so uncomfortable oh no the thought of like all the small talk because you literally don't know who the person is I don't know maybe I'm just being really negative I'm sure there are a lot of people listening to this that have met their partners through a dating app so I don't think they're a bad thing I just don't think they're for me I think I need to meet someone more organically I think I need to like find out that I get on with them for whatever reason like start talking to them and then be like oh we actually get on really well we should go on a date type of thing I don't know it really gives me the fear thinking of like not knowing how a date's gonna go like at least that way you know the date's gonna go well because you know you get on with them yeah dating apps they're a weird one they're also full of a lot of creeps like you probably don't I don't think you would need to think about it too much in Belfast of people being really weird but like I'm sure if you were using it in London you'd have to be real careful about where you go and who you meet and you know making sure people know where you are stuff like that oh that scares me so sorry to answer your dilemma I'm gonna say if you're anything like me stay clear of the dating apps I mean you can stay on them if you want who knows you might find someone that you end up liking maybe just start trying to put yourself out there a bit more maybe you don't want to go out some night but maybe you should just push yourself and go out on the night out because maybe you'll end up meeting someone in the smoking area at the after party who knows you can meet the love of your life anywhere and it could be the one night you choose to go out instead of staying in your bed so find a single friend 
on go on a mission (laughs) actually no don't go on a mission because I feel like when you go on a mission is when you're probably less likely to find it I know people always say this like when you're not really looking for it is when it always happens so maybe don't go on a mission I don't know how true that statement is though about when you're not looking for it that it doesn't happen but I do think you just kind of need to like if you do want to meet someone organically you kind of do just need to like push yourself to go out a bit more and that doesn't mean always going out drinking it but just like doing more things like you're not going to make the love of your life sitting in your house reading a book (laughs) maybe start going to different places every day for coffee and who knows the love of your life might end up serving you your latte and the rest will be history let's see Advice on what to do on a dropout uni year to stop the FOMO and loneliness of being home. So I was in this situation. I dropped out after two months of being in Liverpool, came home in December and then had the rest of the year to fill at home. Now I did have some friends at home, which I'm sure most people, like there always are people who stay at home usually. And actually, I stayed at home for another year after that as well. So, well, not a whole year because I ended up going traveling. But yeah, I had like a year and a half of staying at home. And the way I, okay, I was going to say the way I avoided FOMO, but I will just put it out there that I actually don't really get FOMO. It is quite a good trait of mine. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I've never really been the type of person to get FOMO. I don't know why. It just, I just don't like. I would never be sitting in bed at night seeing people's night out and think I wish I was there if anything I see it and I'm like I'm so happy I'm not there (laughs) because in my head when I decide I'm not doing something I'm nine times out of ten quite happy with my decision so I wouldn't really feel like I'm missing out on anything and maybe it was a little bit of an advantage on my part that when I did drop out I was so happy to be coming home because I hated it so much So maybe in my head it was more how would I get FOMO if I literally do not want to be there. Like that's the last place I want to be right now. So maybe that was like a little bit of an advantage with not getting FOMO. But I will say, you know, if you feel like if if you're someone and you just have no interest in going to uni and all your friends have or like this person is has dropped out and they're seeing all their friends off at uni and you feel like you're missing out on something university is not for everyone it wasn't for me when I was 18 it was not what I wanted it was not what I could deal with I mean I know I've gone back now but I've gone back in very different terms it's not for everyone but it's easy to look at it in like a in with rose tinted glasses and to see it all as like the uni experience and you know going to a new city with all this fun nightlife and everything and new friends And I feel like that's the thing that people mostly get FOMO from, feel like they're missing out on, is like the whole uni experience. And the way I would say that you can kind of have your own, you know, not uni experience because you're not going to uni, but like you can create your own like next couple of years and have your fun time is by firstly getting a job that you will be in like a young person's environment. So whether that's working in a bar or club that lots of young people work in, even like a shop or I don't know, a restaurant, like literally anything that has a visible young person's 
feel environment basically anything that's not you stuck in an office doing admin pretending to be professional and being surrounded by professionals and people that are a lot older than you you want something that you know there's going to be an obvious work-life balance people are going to be going for after work drinks people are going to be making plans at the weekend or if not the weekend you know maybe if you're working in a bar then during the week or if you if it is a bar and you're working the weekends then you know you'll stay stay on after and drink after and go out after or go back to someone's house I think by doing this not only are you well first of all making money second of all having like a bit of a new lease of life at your home you know so far you've only been used to going to school and this is the first time you'll branch out of that and maybe get to experience your city a little bit differently with a bit of money and also with new friends so in that way you're creating your own like little not uni experience but do you know what I mean you're making your new friends like the same way the people going off to uni are you're having your fun nights out with your new group of friends and you know some friends I'm sure will still be at home as well and people will always come home for weekends they'll come home for holidays I think you just need to find something that's not too serious that doesn't make you (laughs) doesn't deaden yourself to the world basically every day and you know you don't have to absolutely love your job but at least if you're in an environment where you know everyone's quite friendly there is like a bit of fun happening outside of work then you do enjoy it to a certain extent and you can just treat it for what it is as a fun time in your life while you're young and you're paying to enjoy it and not have to you know pay for bills and kids and all that (laughs) just accept it for what it is and enjoy that stage of your life where you don't have a huge amount of responsibilities I feel like there's so much pressure on people to know what they want to do and if you're not going to uni it's like all this oh are you going to do an apprenticeship are you going to train in this or that or do a course in this or that but like if you actually just take a step back for a second and relax and realize that we're not all rushing to get into our careers and you can take your time like you've been in school back to back year on year now for your whole life it's okay to take a step back from that and to just enjoy time off where you don't have a huge amount of responsibilities and you can just have a bit of fun and go out and have a job that you don't take too seriously without constantly thinking about what's next what am I gonna do like I don't know I I think we all just need to relax a bit to be honest there's so many people that come out of uni and still don't know what they want to do so like yeah they may not have a degree behind them but you've got years work experience you've maybe got money to go traveling or I don't know to do something you enjoy and who knows maybe you'll end up discovering that actually you want to do that for the rest of your life maybe you want to open a restaurant and stay in hospitality for the rest of your life I mean fair fucks you if you do because oh god there's a (laughs) I don't know how people stay in hospitality for longer than, I don't know, five five to ten years. After that, I'd be like, I'm out, lads. There just comes a point in time where you actually can't deal with people's shit anymore. With the general public's shit. Maybe, maybe I'm just a bit impatient. Because there's some people that work in bars and restaurants their whole lives and still manage to have the patience of a saint and still treat people with a lot of respect and kindness and I don't know how they do it (laughs) so yeah in answer to your dilemma create your own fun for a few years 
don't stress about the future don't stress about missing out on anything you obviously dropped out for a reason or didn't go to uni for a reason so be happy with your choice and take the pressure off yourself and just enjoy your late teens early 20s for what they are okay moving on advice on friends having an opinion on who you're friends with slash dating right so i think everyone is obviously completely entitled to their own opinion and i think sometimes you do need to listen to your friends opinions on some people that you're maybe close with or dating because maybe you don't necessarily see some red flags or maybe they just kind of see a different side to them that you don't see or maybe choose to ignore you know like when you're so head over heels in love with someone and so obsessed with them that your brain just like blocks out any of the bad things I think in those times it is important to like for someone to say to point those things out to you I guess but if the person always has bad things to say about like all of your friends and anyone you're dating maybe it's coming from more of a place of jealousy like if it is a recurring thing I would say then it would definitely be coming from a place of jealousy but then like at other times right if say my best friend hated my boyfriend first of all I would want to know why and I would listen to them and if I didn't agree with them I would tell them why I don't agree with them and then I would just expect it to be put to bed and it not really to be not not brought up again because you know if something was to happen again that made them want to bring it up then yeah fair enough but like okay here's a really good example of this Luca not liking Tasha in Love Island Luca is completely entitled to not like Tasha and to think that you know to back his best friend and to think that she has ulterior motives but he voiced those opinions to Andrew and once he has said his piece drop it like it's nothing to do with you then if Andrew chooses to be with Tasha and to look past what Luca has said and to like he acknowledged what he said but then he chose to go back to her so I just think then it's none of your business and if Andrew can look past those things then Luca should be able to as well like for him to constantly be going back to that I just think is so immature so yeah I think everyone's entitled to their own opinion but once you have voiced your opinion just drop it leave it there they know that you don't like them you don't have to be their best friend they're not asking you I'm sure to be best friends with their boyfriend or girlfriend or whoever it is and maybe that's all you need to say to your friend just be like look I'm not asking you to be his best mate and I know that you don't necessarily like him that much but he or she is my boyfriend slash girlfriend and I'd appreciate if you stopped chatting shit <laughs> although unless they do something bad then I want to know about it all right next dilemma I feel a lot of shame about my sexual history with my new boyfriend and I'm afraid it'll all come out at some stage and ruin our relationship should I confide in him or no Okay, first of all, I don't think you actually owe him anything in terms of like, he doesn't have to know that about you. I would say there are a lot of people that lie about this, boys and girls. So I don't think there's anything particularly wrong with that. 
However, I am of the opinion that it's not something you should feel ashamed of or feel like you have to lie about because it doesn't actually mean anything. This is actually what really winds me up. Right, I keep saying, oh, do you ever get when those things of those stupid boys with podcasts come up on your TikTok for you page? No, it's never them, the actual clips that come up. It's usually ones like slagging them off that come up like duets with them and stuff. You know, when they come up and you're just like, do you actually have any brain cells in there? Or like, what is actually going on between your two ears? Sorry, the reason I'm saying this, I should explain, is that one of those clips from one of those stupid white middle-aged men podcasts came up on my For You page the other day. And it was one of them saying, basically, that they wouldn't marry someone that had a higher body count than, I think it was 30. And then he like elaborated on it and he was like, because you never know where she's been and all this shite. And it's like, first of all, how insecure are you to think that you couldn't marry someone with a body count of that number, which isn't really that high in this day and age. And second of all, just because you like someone who has a higher body count than someone else hasn't had more sex than them. If anything, I actually think people with lower, well, not, I mean, obviously this is speaking very generally. But like people with lower body counts that have been in relationships for a lot of their life and as a result of being in relationships have lower body counts because they haven't had time to be single and to sleep around. Those people have probably had more sex than anyone else because they've been in relationships. (laughs) Like when you're in a relationship is when you have the most sex. It's not when you're single and when you like have sex once every weekend or once every other weekend or once every three weekends. Do you know what I mean? So I really just don't get the the judgment that comes from this. I don't know. For me, if it was a boy that it would, like as you're saying, you're scared that it will affect things with him. For me, if it was a boy that would let that affect things with him, that would be a big red flag for me. First of all, it's none of his business. Second of all, it doesn't affect anything in your relationship. Like not one thing does it affect you are you you're there with him now and you're choosing to be with him any past history whether it is your past dating history your sexual history has no effect on you being with him right now and third of all I just think people that think like that are idiots so yeah that's what I have to say about that advice on knowing your worth when it comes to boys Okay, here's my take on this. If something makes you feel shit, it doesn't matter how shit it makes you feel, even if it's just a little bit. If for whatever reason a boy makes you feel shit, then recognise that and realise that it's not worth your time. The way I see it is that relationships are meant to, they're meant to add to your life. They're not meant to be a drain on your life. They're not meant to make you feel shit they're not meant to bring you down they're meant to add to your life and make you a better person bring out a good side to you and not necessarily make you happy because I think on a level you kind of need to already be a bit happy and stable without someone so then they just add to that and you know add to your happiness I think the second you realize that someone is having the opposite effect on you 
you need to take matters into your own hands. And the more you let that go on and you let someone treat you badly and not stand up for yourself and not like show them that you know your worth then the more they'll just continue to walk over you and think that you know that's how they can treat you and how they will get away with treating you forever essentially. So I think just knowing your worth is realising that you actually don't deserve to feel like shit and someone doesn't deserve you if that's the way they make you feel. They don't deserve your love and kindness if you're not going to get it back in return. I always think treat someone the way you want to be loved and if someone's not able to give you the love that you're able to give them then someone else will be able to. That's the harsh reality of it. I know we all want to sit there and think but I want it from this person but maybe that person can't give it to you and that just means that there's someone else out there that is more worthy of your time and your energy and your love. Okay we're gonna end with a quick one here. (laughs) Is it like a rite of passage to get a vibrator? And my answer to that is yes. Get on Amazon right now. Okay, on that note, that is me for this week's episode. I hope you all enjoyed it. I do love doing the girly chats every now and then. So thank you all so much for sending me in your dilemmas and for trusting me to give you mm, semi-questionable advice. (laughs) As always, thank you so much for all the continued love and support. I love you guys so much. If you get a chance, please leave me a little five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast. This is episode 47. I actually can't believe it. I am manifesting great things for Here for the Crack. It is not going anywhere. I always wonder, will I ever run out of things to say? But apparently I just never do. So... (laughs) If there's anything you guys want to hear from me over the next coming weeks, any topics you want me to discuss, um, just let me know. Send me a little message on Instagram and I will add it to the list. Thank you all so much for listening and I will speak to you in next week's episode. Bye.